My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Jesse, And I'm Natalia. And that's right. It's that's us it. again. That's Can't it. Get Just rid of us. us. It does. We're back again. We're back. Guess this, who's back? Back again. We're, we're back as the zombie unit. However, this is going to be the first of the zombie unit stuff we put out because Jesse has been lazy and hasn't edited fine. our happiness. It's fine, man. Like, I just... I just need to sit down and do it, and I swear I'll do it, but... It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, this it's is fun. relevant. This is relevant yeah. right this now. This is, like, brand new. That's right. We're going to do... We're doing an episode on the new Netflix show based on a webtoon, uh, which is All of Us Are Dead, which I think is a great title for what we're about to discuss, yes. which is a delightful high school coming-of-age... Um, <laughs> Slice of life. Slice of life. Just set, drama. Drama set admits the... There's a little bit of romance. <laughs> there is. Uh, not too much. Set admits the uh, the backdrop of a uh, revenge-fueled mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse. It's pretty simple. And it's... It, it's pretty simple in its concept. Pretty great in its execution, I yep. would say. And is a solid show, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, pre-warning, as always, there will be spoilers. Mm-hmm. So if you were planning on watching it and haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Probably go watch it before come coming here. If you either have watched it and want to hear what we thought about it, or you are terrified of zombies and we're never going to watch it, and but just want to know what's up with it, welcome, friends. And if you have seen it and want to hear what we're thinking, also yeah, welcome come on in. We love, we love, we love it when you come and hang like, out with us. We love it. I mean, like, we do have a bit of that, like, social anxiety. We don't like a lot of people, but, like, we'll allow people well, to come listen. and listen to us talk about listen, zombies. We, we, we may not want to hang out in a crowd, but we do love having you come and listen. This is a so. safe space for all of us. Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> all I'm saying is the less crowds you hang out with, the less people there are to bite you when the zombie apocalypse yeah. comes. So, Jesse, take it away. What is... All of us are dead about. I wanted to first talk about like the writer and the director. So the director of this is EJ Gu. His most recent work was Trap, the drama. It just happened like last season or the season before. I never saw it, so I don't have any comments on it. And when I was looking through the list, the one um, title that jumped out to me as probably his most famous work or what I would assume is his most famous work is he was the director for the um, modern monarchy king to hearts mm-hmm. yeah, which he was. we actually years ago this was our first yeah. year that we started doing podcasting one of our first deep dives it like we didn't do a super deep dive on it but we did a fairly yeah. big chunk on it we did a, a whole episode on modern mm-hmm. monarchies and it's a smorgasbord of dramas that are about monarchies monarchies and king to hearts is a full mm-hmm. like kind of a full section because a couple of the people on the podcast had watched it the writer is uh chun song il and mm-hmm. his most recent work is luca the beginnings which was a drama from last season it's a sci-fi thriller about evolution i watched it i enjoyed it it had some like meh parts mm. about it but i enjoyed it um he's also a on the uh, newest pirate movie that's coming out. Yeah, he wrote both of them, both the pirates. As Natalia said earlier, this is based on a webtoon and it was released back in 2009. It ran from Mm -hmm. 2009 to 2011 by Ju Dong-gun. It's the same name, even though it's like, you'll probably only find it with its Hangul name, which 
I'm already butchering people's names. I don't need to butcher <laughs> that as well and try to read Hangul. I just, I can kind of do it, but I don't want to do it. But basically, it's a high school zombie drama. It's a, The show is about a zombie outbreak that happens in a high school, but it's a little bit different than kind of most zombie dramas Mm -hmm. in that um, this is a revenge-based outbreak. So it's not like it's just like something that happens naturally or like animals or something like this. This is kind of a direct uh, retaliation because of the amount of bullying that is happening at the school and that um, hasn't been addressed and it's been covered up to keep kind of like the prestige of the school and and in favor of the school, especially because it's set in a smaller town. So this is kind of like their main high school and the um person who who created the virus was the uh, science teacher e byung tian who you find out his son was part of the bullying attacks like you see in the very beginning in the first episode that he's kind of pushed off the building so it kind of makes this zombie thing out of retaliation for all the the wrongdoings that are happening and nobody's like doing anything about it. But technically the outbreak doesn't actually happen exactly the way he wants it to because he's a science teacher. So he's been doing like experiments and stuff. And so he had been waiting to like finalize his studies before he released it. But one of the students found a lab rat that he had been working on she got bit then she became the first you know what it was like patient zero is that what they call it patient x <laughs> what yeah. do they call it the first person. patient zero patient zero patient yeah. zero and she is also the reason how the zombie uh, virus is taken off campus because they just assume she's like hurt and sick and so she gets onto like ambulance the and then sent to the hospital oh. they go into a bit about like why he's doing it but it seems like he actually intended it for mostly to be the high school and he was actually just targeting the high school and the the teachers in it and so the rest of the drama and it's a 12 episode drama is kind of us following a group of students who have initially survived the main kind of like pulse of the virus because obviously it's a zombie thing and it it goes up like you know two seconds you've infected 90 percent of the population or killed most of the people and so it's like us following this core group as they try to get out and to safety a couple of the members or the students know each other and are close but not all of them and so it's kind of focusing on that focusing them as teens trying to be resourceful and stay alive we do have some sub stories where they kind of show what's going on in the outside world they actually favor mostly the kids in the mm-hmm. school in that sort of respect. This was announced at the end of 2020. They began production in 2021. However, they were delayed because of COVID, not because cast members got COVID. They just were delayed because they had to stop production and COVID you know, in general. Yeah, there was that period where they you couldn't have more than like six people in a room or whatever. I think that's when they, they had to kind of stop production and then they were able to come back so that's why it kind of took a little bit longer for all of us are dead to kind of happen the director specifically wanted to film as many one shots as possible so there's a focus in the drama of doing things in one take which meant they spent a lot of time rehearsing the cafeteria scene as a one take shot 
which if you've seen it, that's fucking wild. It's crazy. So the show does have two main characters. Mm -hmm. And the two main characters are two lifelong best friends who live right next to each other, which is Namanju, who's a girl, and then Lee Chiang San, who's who's a gentleman. And he's played by Yoon Chen Young, who fucking killed it. Okay. I I have seen a lot of zombie things in my day, but I have never seen a zombie apocalypse MVP <laughs> as sick as the character as Lee Chung San. That kid is the slipperiest motherfucker who has ever lived. Like, oh, the zombies thought they could catch him? Oh, like, bitch, no. I think not. <laughs> like, just just when you think he's out, he ain't out. He's, he's the most resourceful motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. What I, survive. what I do think that, like, the show did really well is that it wasn't afraid to, like, get rid of people when they needed to oh. get rid of people. And yeah. that's what I actually really liked about his character, because he basically dies episode 10 or 11. Like, he doesn't finish he, out. No, but he, 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 he goes out. He goes he out goes in, like, a lot, like, Spoiler uh, alert! He goes out in a bl- literal blaze of glory to protect his friends. That He chooses to die. It's not that he gets killed. It's that he chooses that he is done yeah. fighting this zombie apocalypse and is choosing not to live. And respect. Mad respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in the cafeteria with his with his best friend, who he totally doesn't have a crush on. Okay? Oh no, totally. They're, totally no. They're never. just friends. They're just friends, okay? <laughs> and she has a very realistic reaction to suddenly seeing all of everyone she knows <laughs> starting to eat each other's faces off, which is to just literally freeze (laughs) fall over and freeze and be like the fuck and then but he's like not today so so there's (laughs) always like fight flight and um freeze right those are Mm -hmm. the three things that happen in a crisis to someone she freezes but he's like nah bitch fight motherfucker like he's like get your ass up get out this window i'm just gonna like beat people with like trays (laughs) with chairs i'm gonna kick Mm -hmm. them i'm gonna do whatever to get you out of here to get me out of here fuck this shit we're out it's like he's been preparing his whole life yeah (laughs) he's like i'm gonna be your savior he's like listen (laughs) I look like a wiry, like, skinny dude, and I am, but that just means I can fit into small places and, like, duck and weave around everything that comes around me. I cannot be stopped. He's incredible and acts very well. He's an incredible actor. He's, like, he really everything is. I've ever seen him in is, he's yeah. very young. Like, he's he was only in Nobody Knows, and he was yeah. fantastic in that. The whole cast is kind of fairly unknown but they have mm. some of them are yeah a, there's a few people more that... known than i would call fairly unknown but like yeah the, the cast is like kind of like not the like superstars like you're not gonna find anybody yeah. who's like super super um, well known but yeah to he's be great. honest like i'm looking at the cast and i i feel like the one that of course it has behe sun in it uh she'll come up later we love her. She was also in Happiness. Very different character mm-hmm. in this, but still somewhat related. But we'll yeah. talk about that later. But uh, the guy who plays the cop, Lee Kyu Hung, he he shows up in all sorts of things. He was also in Happiness. And then the, there's one student who plays, she's an archery 
student. She's like a she's on the archery team, uh, Hasungri. She shows up in a lot of things, so she's one of those that you're like, oh wait, yeah, yeah. There's a I couple. Rec- I in recognize the- her. And like, I mean, you have like someone like um, Iyumi who plays Nayan, who I'm sure we're going to talk about like yeah. a lot. She was she's just in, Squid in um, Squid Game. There's a good amount of people in here that we mm-hmm. that like are pretty well known, but I know that the director specifically kind of was focusing on a lot of realism in it, and I think that's why he focused on unknowns and try to pick people who are kind of closest to high school age and not yeah. try to like or go like so far look out and, like they're yeah. in high school age or like you know do this thing where they're like purposely trying to get people on because they know that their star power will get people they kind of focus more on it being kind of a more believable realistic take on things as opposed to it's like let's be honest it's on netflix you don't need to have star power to get people to watch stuff on netflix also let's be honest it's korean entertainment we all know who these people are if we watch korean entertainment yeah there's not that big of a pull i also have to say so there's this plot line involving these Two people who are severely bullied by the school bullies, including a girl who is sexually assaulted by the school bullies. Mm-hmm. And this is her first ever show. Oh, wow. This was her first thing. It's her only thing, like her only credit that I see here. You know, like they could have messed up on Asian Wiki, but they're usually pretty on the ball here. Well, um, let's let's jump in. Great. And talk about that because I think this was a thing that came up a lot. Like I saw an article or maybe something. Yeah, was and I feel like there was a the uh, bit of a misconception yeah, about it was very what was clearly someone who didn't actually watch anything or the only watch up until the, that point, which the assault happens literally within the first mm-hmm. half of the first episode. First episode. The first like scenes of the show are them bullying the son of the science teacher. So mm-hmm. you already get that, and then. You only get a little bit of the school life before this this sexual assault happens. Yeah. And I think people were kind of misconstruing it and not understanding what it was like actually representing. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest thing about this show and it's over like all kind of focus was to focus on what people are doing to fail students and mm-hmm. high school age people. And they were focusing on a lot of like key things. And one of them being this bullying and sexual assault, which does mm-hmm. happen. So it wasn't just this frivolous thing that they just decided to throw in uh, like mm-hmm. randomly. It was to show what is actually going on. Yeah. In because it, high so it goes into her, like she has a whole plot line, you know, like that you go into her background where she has actually sought help from teachers and the teachers essentially said well what are you doing that makes them want to bully you like basically victim blaming her which is a big problem in most societies but especially patriarchal societies such as you know korea is well not exclusive to korea yes let's be honest and also doing a a place where like status is like key and so having these type of like things happening in the school Mm -hmm. would frown upon the you know the board school board and the teachers who work mm-hmm. there and that sort of thing so they kind of try to like every place does kind of shush it under the rug and mm-hmm. sweep and it so under the rug like and that this sort article that a lot of people were citing before even watching the show was like oh the you know show is under fire for showing like misogynistic and it's like no that was kind of the point because here's the thing 
shows oftentimes, especially horror shows and like monster stuff like zombies, they're not actually about zombies. No. The themes are trying to tell you something <laughs> yeah, about you actual out, life. Horror is mostly social commentary. <laughs> yes. So the social commentary that one could I think I, I summed it up by saying, fuck them kids. Because that's essentially what society mm -hmm. has done to children and especially teens by sort of making teens and education a commodity for capitalism mm -hmm. and not as a means to an end yeah. of themselves. So they actually go into a big discussion, not a big discussion, but like there's like a whole scene about it where the students have basically at this point realized, I don't think anyone is coming <laughs> to help us. Mm -hmm. Like... I think we are alone here. And then one of the students says, well, is Korea a place where it's sadder if children die or if adults die? And that's basically asking, what do what does our society value more? Do they value children and what children bring for the future or do they value adults? And then it's very clearly shown that the writer of probably the original webtoon really hit on the point that children are not seen as valuable mm -hmm. entities in and of themselves because now comrade Natalia is coming out. So watch, watch out, watch out everyone in a capitalistic society. And we can definitely say that Korea is definitely a very capitalistic patriarchal society. If you are not making money for the state, and the state here as seen by capitalist entities that control basically the politics of your nation, which they do in most uh, capitalistic technological nations, children are useless mm -hmm. until they can be made basically proletariat worker cogs in the machine. They're not useful. So hence why school, the purpose of school isn't to educate Students, the purpose of school is to create workers. Yeah. And there's um, another kind of like side overarching thing that they're trying to do in this one. Um, and you see there's a, like a scene, like it's one of the last scenes in the show. There's a line that the school president, Namra, says. Mm -hmm. And it was basically, it was like, you know how they say when you're in high school, you're not children and yet you're not adults, not adults. and you're in yeah. this great area. And the show kind of like focuses on that as like these children who they're still children, but old enough to kind of understand what's going on around them yeah. is kind of feeling the brunt of everything that's going on and feeling the weight of the adults failing them. Mm -hmm. And the, the, this high action, high death count situation mm -hmm. and they're kind of stuck in this limbo because they don't they aren't awarded the like same like cognitive dissonance of a, a baby in this situation mm -hmm. as opposed to them who mm -hmm. are like at that point knowing and I think that was like a really great thing the show kind of really encapsulates is that high school students have it hard and yeah. when you have these other things that are like making it harder for them what are you really doing like yeah. allowing these like bullying things to happen so that like the other kids around are scared to confront the bullies because they know at this point they're not like 
elementary kids, they know that they're not going to get any help from the people around them and they see it. And it's constantly like hammered into this with not even just like what was happening at the school before, but the actions that happen with the military Mm -hmm. brigade and how they focus on everything and how they kind of just like leave them. The message is that teenagers and young adults recognize and realize that they are on their own Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and that they will be blamed for things but they will not be helped so that's sort of really taken that concept of like we're taking the concept of how real teenagers actually probably feel if even if they can't articulate this themselves Mm -hmm. and putting it in an extreme situation that is reinforcing the reality that they're on their own literally and figuratively and these are real true things that are happening this is not Mm -hmm. like it just did it just to do it this is happening whether you are the person that it happened to or you know of someone or know of Mm -hmm. someone who knows of someone who had happened this is actually what's happening and I think the what that article failed to realize that it wasn't done in like a um showy way or yeah gratuitous way and i get that maybe the actual act being shown Mm -hmm. that i can understand them not liking but i will say that it's not long no it's a very quick scene it's a very quick scene so it's it's not not like they kind of linger on it i felt that like the way that they portrayed that scene because uh there were a lot of people around so you had the core main bully group and then you had like kind of the friend or fellow victim yeah victim a kid who was there he couldn't stop everything happening because he was a bully itself and you kind of see another one of the one of the main actual cast um the su yuck Mm -hmm. he actually kind of sees it um and i think and and tries to stop it legitimately he he kind of tries to stop it but he doesn't do a good enough job and i think the problem is that a lot of people saw that and were like the show is saying that this is an acceptable thing and it's like not showing it but it's also showing it that like there are a lot of things that could prevent students from not saying anything because the Mm -hmm. you know thought of not knowing or knowing that nothing will happen the Mm -hmm. the kid who is like kind of her friend he would have been bullied and probably beat up and left for dead if he tried so yuck he's one of the popular boys so it would mean that he probably would have something bad happen to his mm-hmm. all of his and transfer like, stuff and, and that sort of thing and, and, and that's honest, a very realistic thing like the, that would the happen. character of luciak uh, lee sorry i just combined his name because it's so- lee suhyuk <laughs> um lee suhyuk he does he does do all that he in his position can at that moment do where he gets the bullies to stop and then he offers to escort yes the victims away and then the girl says if i don't just let them do it it's going to be worse tomorrow what can he do at that moment yeah because it's then shown later on that not only is the administration aware they have been the administration has participated Mm -hmm. in suppressing these victims from being able to speak out about what is happening to them it's a whole there's a whole flashback about it so that's basically what the show is about it's amazingly amazingly it's not about it's zombies. Not really about zombies They're zombies just, might be a metaphor they <laughs> might be an allegory for something else it's really easy for people to like look at this and be like oh 
they're sensationalizing like a real issue and it's like no they really aren't in well, a lot of people do that just in general on like horror a lot of people yeah. come into horror with a mindset already that's not good mm. and this is kind of shown in these things that they they feel that like horror can't represent anything that could be good or mm-hmm. could actually showcase these things when in fact most horror does most horror yeah. is social commentary on like things that are really happening and yeah. they're just done in a way that's a little bit more maybe like it depends on the person but like easier to digest or kind of like easier in the form of just like filmography to see mm-hmm. it portrayed in something else and see the these villains actually become these monsters and and it's a, like a little bit easier yeah. for to people to understand and I think that uh, article was just kind of doing a disservice on like all this stuff that I thought was really mm-hmm. great in the drama we'll talk about some of my like problems with the drama mm-hmm. but that was that never is, there a thing. is no such thing as a perfect drama yeah let's be honest and I thought that they kind of handled it well especially because we do see later on. So she spends most of her time up on the roof contemplating suicide. She actually ends up just deciding to not care anymore. And she goes Mm -hmm. down and she gets bit and she becomes a zombie. And it's a pivotal moment in our watching because this is when we start to find something else is happening with the zombie. It's not just a full, you get bit, you become a zombie. That's it. You start to see that there's like levels to your infection people are affected by the disease in different ways and so she the one of the big things is that like the video of the assault is going to be broadcast and given out to the internet so she decides she's going to stop that and you and this is where you start to see some of the stuff but she does have this kind of narrative where she uh, she's like going and she's like attacking like you know taking out all all the cell phones And then she actually finds one of the administrators who was pivotal in like sweeping stuff under the rug and not letting it happen. And he hasn't turned yet. And so she turned, like she goes after him later on because of the way that she is with her zombie outbreak, she's able to get into the like camp that they have for Mm -hmm. all the quote unquote humans survivors where the kid who was bullied, but he was still part of the you know, whole thing. He's there and she ends up killing him as well because mm-hmm. he's there and it's kind of her, her like last act of vengeance before she's kind of taken away by the soldiers and stuff like that. It's not like her story ever stops. It's not like we don't see any of it and there's no resolve in it or that she isn't like at least trying to take back her voice mm-hmm. you actually see kind of what happens to that and yeah, also that what happened she as a person was destroyed by yeah. the actions and of she the adults around her broke which mm-hmm. meant that she went to attack other people which before it, like it kind of showcases that whole thing that like the adults especially like for high school students they still don't believe that they'll like actually retaliate in that way or that won't mm-hmm. snap in that way and like have that kind of signifies that you can break someone to that point like there is a point yeah. that like someone will snap and you know before she probably would have jumped off the roof but now she's zombie attacking people and so yeah. i don't ever think that the show was trying to mishandle that in a way it was kind of like sad seeing that article because it was just like 
wow, you really missed the point, huh? You missed the point. And like, unless they had been a person who was on press screeners who got it before, Mm. there's like no way they could have gotten through the entire series before writing that post too. And I was just like, this is awkward and weird. And like, I understand the argument that maybe they didn't have to show anything. Yes, absolutely. I think that that was an actual Um, thing. But I've seen a lot of American shows that show far worse, far more graphic than this that aren't getting written up. So (laughs) speaking of the bully. Mullet bully. If if you are familiar with zombie stories, zombie films, zombie TV shows, you are aware that zombies are not the villains (laughs) of these shows. That's not that's not how these work. turn into zombies so the yes, villains can, the villains turn, into can turn into zombies but the villains are not just the zombies the zombies are the situation and so there is sort of a main villain <laughs> okay is he a bad character like is he a bad dude yes is he an incredible character with a great actor yes also yes yes um, did he have a great mullet <laughs> yes, he did. Um, That's why so she likes him. It's no, no. See, I, here's the thing. I don't like the character. I thought the actor was incredible. So he's not even the main bully. He's like the bully that the main bullies get to do their dirty work. So he's like yeah. the dumb bully. If like the main character, like Jong San, is the MVP of like zombie survival... And Guinam, the main bully, is like the MVP of taking advantage of every situation in the evilest way possible. That's true. He he looks at her surroundings and he like figures out what to do with it. He knows how see the the, there's sort of like two sides of a coin, which I thought was very interesting. Because like Chong San is very good at coming up with ways that he and everyone around him can survive. Whereas Guinam is really good at coming up with ways that he can use everyone around him mm-hmm. so he can survive while still being dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah. Box of rocks. He will sacrifice anyone to survive, which leads to what I think was possibly the fun, like it wasn't funny, haha funny, but I just thought it was clever funny where the main confrontation in this whole show isn't them versus zombies. It's just the main dude versus the main bully who has been bit and is asymptomatic. So he's like one of those half zombies that the zombies ignore Mm -hmm. that he can infect other people, but he has his full mental faculties as little as they are about him. But he's real pissed at the main dude because, well, there's a few things that go down. Um, he just hates the main dude because the main dude called him a loser. Um, he's like the popular, like, nice kid. Yeah, he's the like, nice kid that everyone you know, likes. And then he wants after... to be him, essentially, but he can't because he's a bully. You know? So after witnessing the bully murder the principal, I'm going to say this, the principal kind of deserved it. The principal was willing to sacrifice this kid to survive. And the kid said, ah, fuck you, dude. And killed him. Unfortunately, was witnessed to said murder by the main character, who then basically was like, you're a fucking loser. 
And I just recorded this murder on my phone. So when we get out of here, you're fucked, buddy. Yeah. And and then he's like, well, guess I have to murder you too. So then that begins this whole thing where then the main dude, Chung San, basically has to beat him in the face with his phone, which then makes him lose an eye and get bit by zombies. And then he says, when I turn, I'm coming after you. And so the main, our VIP, our VIP of survival, Chong San escapes, thinking that now the bully has been bit due to, listen, his own bullshittery, okay? It's not like he threw him to the zombies, who has decided now that he's back and not a full zombie, he just wants to murder this kid. And he can because... None of the zombies want to attack him because they yes. see him as a zombie. They so. see him as a zombie. So they, they detect him as a zombie, but he can walk around and just be a fully normal person who, when he bites you, you will turn into a zombie. Yeah. Like he, he is semi-immune. So it adds this like extra level of like manhunter, like yes. within, so it's like you, you, you feel bad for the regular zombies because like they didn't ask to be zombies and they were just yeah, most of them just kind of were know, at the wrong turn. place at but the then wrong you've time. got this fucking asshole who's just like i want to murder and, and now of course he gets like the yeah, best and, like zombie now, reaction like and now through a quirk of genetics i am the world's greatest murderer <laughs> in a field death that you cannot escape and you can throw me off a building I will survive. You can stab me. That will do nothing. I'm coming, bitch. It's crazy. It's well, fucking Also, wild. what I think is really kind of interesting in this, this is kind of like a parallel to mm. um, the the victim, right? Mm-hmm. And how she snaps because she's at her breaking point. And then she's like, I'm going to die no matter what. So might as well take you all out with me who have been doing this stuff. And mm-hmm. this is kind of like the parallel to that, but like in this is what happens when you allow bullies be allowed to do what they do because they will become terrible human beings. Like yeah. his pathway was no matter what to become a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. And even if he wasn't a zombie or not, he had a great chance of being someone who would kill another person, right? Well, he did before he was a zombie. Yeah. Even if the zombie apocalypse had never happened, this guy was yes. going to end up being he a was thug, going to, like, yeah. a rapist, something. And his pathway was a direct failing of the adults around him. The adults mm-hmm. around him failed him as well. Yeah. Because they didn't keep him checked. They didn't take him to the specialty first people that they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what was going to happen. This is what would happen. And I think that was like a really great thing to kind of have the playoff. So you have the, like the victim who like snaps and then you have this bully who he already thinks he's he was the greatest. A, yeah, he, and then you give him like a slight zombie power. And basically and the only, the only reason that he hates the main character is because the main character accurately read him. Yeah. And said, you are a loser. Like, you think that you're powerful, but you just do everything that these other bullies tell you to do. And that's all you're ever going to be. And he has this kind of already, like, kind of uh, one up because he knows that the other bullies have already turned. Mm-hmm. So he has this kind of, like, one up level on them because he be- kind of becomes the the mm-hmm. main person of that group after the other 
bullies have already turned right so like he can now be the superior because he doesn't have the other two or whatever that that was the only people holding him back right was the, yeah the bully they told him what to do higher in their hierarchy of bully train their bullyarchy the bullyarchy <laughs> But you're not only presented with that sort of bullying because you're presented with like class commentary as mm-hmm. well because this school has poor and rich students but the rich students really think that they are better absolutely is shown through oh the classic you know and i think that's really you know i don't want to keep going back to my my old anti-capitalism rants but i think a lot of these shows are really um coming for the throat of late stage capitalism and people do Mm -hmm. not realize that is what they're doing yeah no they don't because that's essentially what what this show is doing and what a lot of zombie shows do because when you're presented with a show that shows a breakdown of society through just a massive event it really shows you how brittle and how poorly put together Mm -hmm. like our modern society is and how susceptible it is to just sudden collapse uh but there's also an archery team well there's two members of an archery team that's all who makes who makes it from the initial Oh my gosh. Situation. <laughs> their biggest thing is that they've just come back from a competition where they've lost, and that's their only reason they're back at that school. They could have literally just stayed in their bus and rode off and potentially have but, been fine, but they don't. But the unfortunately, the the captain of the archery team's little brother, she knows he's in school. Yeah, and she and can't. She's leave like, him. I fucking love my little brother. She's so good. And, okay, you know so who good. I really loved? So it was the captain, and then she had, like, an underclassman who was, who was basically, like, her little assistant. Yeah, her assistant and also with a secondary archer. Cut. Yeah, he was, like, a junior archer. He had a, he had a hilariously bad bowl cut, and I love him. <laughs> he was so good. Uh, he's played by the actor Jin Ho Un and has been in very few things. <sighs> Uh, he was in Nevertheless in one episode and was in Beautiful Love, Wonderful Life and in the movie A Resistance. So he only started acting in 2019. So he is new to the acting world. Um, very young guy. They really gave him one hell of a bowl cut on this um, show. Like it was a a bowl cut. And he was so good. He was such a delightful He was so good. Little... This is also like, it kind of um, gives us a, like a secondary group of survivors mm-hmm. in the school. Um, there's only like the two really groups that we know of. And uh, so it's just like really, they're very much the rag team out of the group. Like yeah. the like main core group, a lot of them already knew each other. A lot of them were like really close friends with each other or even mm-hmm. best friends. Yeah, they were all like in so... the same class. They kind so. of had that advantage of like, you know what, they they still needed to come t- to terms with each other mm-hmm. and kind of develop a relationship, but they already were there. But like, <laughs> you get this like other little rag team because it's uh, a girl and her pseudo friend, but obviously- They're not really they were, friends. But, but like, they were kind of were. It was kind of one of those like, 
they hated each other type things, but like yeah. when push came to shove, they were like best friends type deal. And it's not just in the situation type thing. And <laughs> they had been in one of the school bathrooms and they got out. And so they met up with these two Archer students. And so there's this whole like plot line with them. And it's, it's actually pretty, really great because at like one point, the, the male of the two that were the uh, in the bathroom together he gets injured and so they have to do a lot of stuff where they're like dragging him on a cart and stuff and just like (laughs) what i okay this is this actually brings me to something that i really love about korean zombie things as versus western zombie things because most western zombie stuff is made in america in american zombie stuff survival is based a lot on how many guns you can find And so there's a lot of focus on, you know, like blowing off zombies heads and, you know, like Mm -hmm. fucking building tanks out of Hummers or whatever. That doesn't exist in Korea. There aren't guns. Okay. Like even police officers do not carry guns generally. So the inventiveness that they come up with on these Korean shows of what these people use that they have around them is a lot more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. So for example, like at one point they're literally ripping windows out of their sills and using them as battering rams yeah. and like pulling like pocket doors off of their hinges to use as battering rams. So they and, can like go down hallways and stuff. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're breaking into the nurse's office to steal like bandages and medical tape to wrap around their arms so they can't get mm-hmm. bit. Or they're, you know, going into, you know, janitor's closets and taking mops and, you know, like breaking them into sharpened sticks. And there's this whole plot near the end where they're stuck in the gymnasium and they have all like the like the little like racks that are full of balls that are on wheels. Like you remember them from your high school days. Mm -hmm. Check all the volleyballs in them where they're like zip tying them together to form like a shield out of ball pens like it's so inventive the way that these you know writers and set designers come up with these you know stunt basically stunts involving Mm -hmm. things that would be in a high school because there wouldn't be any guns or weapons in this high school unless you're part of an archery team (laughs) but what i like about it is the archery team was a well-established central part of this high school Mm -hmm. before the zombies came about well and like like also it's like a well-established thing in like just general schools it's a very popular sport there you know archery which which is great like my school had an archery i mean just watch the olympics (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so you know <laughs> oh god what are they called i can't even remember anymore the isaacs <laughs> we're just like isaacs, normally yeah. every idol is perfect at archery <laughs> so good at archery they're so that like makes sense but it's like in part of this archery student thing is they have to get to the gymnasium like the archery gymnasium because they are running out of mm-hmm. arrows they have points where after they shoot a zombie if the zombie's dead, they'll try to get the arrow so They'll back. try like, to rip it out, yeah. It's, it's, it's so well thought out in that sense that I personally find it more enjoyable mm-hmm. than, like, listen, I've seen The Walking Dead. I get it. Well, this points back to the, the fact that they, the director really wanted it to be the most realistic mm-hmm. he possibly could yeah. with it. So those are the little things I think 
that like he tr- like purposely tried mm-hmm. to in- implement in it where with the one takes I think like you see that because it's like so realistic because it is kind of essentially what everybody's like reacting to it yeah to everything going on and so like those little things also kind of help out because yes there's always going to be some unrealistic thing because like do we think those kids would ever would have survived no like may use all this stuff that's very realistic but would they have thought about using that stuff in that time period you never know but generally never know. know but but I think that's like what like the director was really like trying to focus on in the realism Mm -hmm. of everything was like you know there there are people that in crisis become incredibly focused there are you know there are people that and I actually statistically speaking they've done studies on this it's this is where the show's a little unrealistic is that it's mostly women who are really good oh, yeah. in crisis situations. Um, because they're supposed to. Like, yeah. they've been trained to. Yeah, they do do very well because one of the main char- the main female character is the daughter of a fireman who used to be in the Special Forces. Who is my favorite character out He's of so the great. entire show. He's I so love great. him. He's so great. And she's the one who comes up with the good ideas. Yes. And... Because she's the one coming up with the good ideas and saying what everyone is should be thinking, um, I feel like many people watching the show, from what I have seen comment-wise, did not like her character. And I think, respectfully, they are wrong. Oh, yeah. And I think absolutely incorrect. The problem, being like she's unrealistic she's not a good character she's I'm like no no but like she also has to be the character who's kind of like the one really showing us what's mm-hmm. going on because we don't have this like like any sort of internal monologue on all of these characters yeah. right because we're watching a thing and she kind of becomes mm-hmm. the personification of that and she's always around like for the most part in the situations and I think you know, maybe some of the hate is because she communicates that well. And maybe like people are like, don't stop, don't like over explain or whatever. Or they probably hate it because they wanted more of the two male leads. Who knows? Well, who knows? Listen, I don't want to put but, words in their mouth, but. But she is, she's like really great at stuff. Um, I think we should touch back on the bullies because we didn't talk about like the main bully that we see for a while. And I kind of want to parlay this into part of what I didn't like about the show. Our main thing, and this is actually kind of going back into where you kind of touched on it before we started talking about the archers is about the power play on people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our main conflict in the very beginning with the group of survivors is Nayan, who mm-hmm. is a bully, and she's kind of the classic bully. She mm-hmm. is the entitled girl. bully, mean girl. She yeah. does pretty much nothing. She gets into all the rooms first because she's not the one helping out with the battering rams, but kind of like attacks everyone for not doing their like job and stuff. I think that was like an interesting to kind of show the power dynamic because you also have in this group. Uh, Nam Ra, who was the class president. Mm -hmm. And so in the sense of like the school hierarchy, the class president is supposed to be the higher one. But because of Nayan's like prestige and where she is, she play in between them because it's very 
apparent that before they had not even been respecting Namra's position as the yeah. class president and that sort of and, thing. And, and Namra very clearly says this and she's like, I know I was only class president because my mom is rich and donated yeah. money to the school and none of you ever considered me actually your class president. Yeah. And I think that the character is hated by a lot. And she also, like the actress, E.U. Uh, Me, mm-hmm. um, she actually talks about it in some of the interviews she like prepared to be the hated one hated. she was like yeah I'm gonna be the hated one and I saw a lot of people like talking about her and um well I like yes she was annoying but she kind of just like embodied a mm-hmm. like character that we all have like we all have that type of bully you know because there's yeah. just like these levels to the bullies and like so maybe like the mullet bully is not someone you ever like encountered in life because he is mm-hmm. kind of sort of the more rare Very, when you get a, into like a situational bully when you get like into a, like a like a dangerous bully and then yeah. you have this person who is dangerous in like a way that she can affect someone it depends on the other person's mental state and that sort of thing mm-hmm. but she's kind of like the everyday bully and I think it was kind of interesting to see that play out because I think some of those bullies would also still have that kind of reaction even these like types of things where like yeah you're not doing the best, even though I'm not holding up my weight on stuff. It also grounded the whole entire show into reminding you that these were still kids. These were mm-hmm. still high school kids. And I kind of really liked that they had that yeah, as a thing with her character, that it was just like a constant reminder of things. And also through her, we actually are introduced to the, like the, one of the staff members who was yep. actually the best, who is, uh, Park Sun-Wa, Sun-Wa. the character, but played um, by Lee Sang-Hee, who's in a shit ton of stuff. It's kind of the only one who you could tell who was going to bat for the kids, um, to the yeah. point where she was in like a, a meeting beforehand about this like situation that was occurring. You know, mm-hmm. they were all in like one room and she's like, we have to tell the students that this is happening. And they were like, ah, we're not going to. And she kind of risks her life to get in. I really like that. She had this like kind of one character of the adults. Cause we don't see a lot of the adults unless they become zombies. Right. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time we only saw like the like cafeteria staff too. Like there wasn't a lot of adults in the actual building as opposed to outside of the building so there was just this kind of like really great moment of us like reminding ourselves on where we are and reminding ourselves that these these are high school students we're Mm -hmm. watching high school students have to be adults very quickly here's the thing that I did not like overall I think the show had too many main characters Mm. and the writer could not handle that many characters yeah because a lot of the characters storylines just dissipate into thin air and you don't really see what happens to them and I'm not talking about the ones that like potentially could have like become zombie or not you know and I'm not like talking about that but these are some of these main characters you don't get a resolve in their arc of their character and she is one of those characters because the way that like things happen is that after like a standoff and fight and stuff she like leaves the room in like a huff and like goes out into the, and you don't see her for several episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't know what's happening with her. 
we never get really like a good resolve with her character. And like, we don't actually kind of really get the like closure with the teacher who goes out to try to help her. And yeah, you her. never actually find out what happens to that teacher. It's like, you assume that she's kind of dead. Like you can make a fair assumption that she's gone, yeah. but like, I want to stem into this with characters that also kind of just, they don't get a great character arc. They like start to be really great. And then it's kind of just like, rush to get them off the ones i'm talking about, about is the main police characters the police officers <laughs> and the oh um, my god i fucking and the loved streamer them, and like because yeah. the streamer comes into their party later oh so like they didn't have the biggest role okay and we were talking the other day um right after i had finished it uh, we were talking about how like eq young who plays the lead uh, officer who's actually uh interrogating the scientist the teacher who started mm-hmm. everything he always plays these like secondary characters who are main vital characters. They're vital to the plot. But they never become more than like secondary or like smaller characters. And because that's what happened to him in Happiness. Like he had yeah. like a vital part and it just kind of. And then, and then he there. just sort of show, like disappears for most of the show and then shows up at the end. They start off, you kind of see them because you get the like trickle of like scenes outside of what's going on in the mm-hmm. school. And then you kind of like develop this like big like character thing with him and the you, other police officer. You, you begin officer. to care about yeah, you these begin to characters. Care. It's like that he stops caring to write for it. I have to actually talk about this arc. <laughs> so this arc actually does start in the high school because it starts with this girl who, mm-hmm. as soon as she got up to go to the nurse's office, I knew what was up. <laughs> so there's this character. Her 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 character name is Park Hee Soo. She's played by Lee Chan-un who is also very, very young. She's 16 years old, the actress playing, or 17 years old. This is her first TV show. She was on a lot of movies, though. Who, she goes to the nurse's office to get help because her stomach hurts, though we we can figure out Mm -hmm. where this is going because we've seen a show before. But then the girl who was bit by the zombie gets, like, brought in or bit by the zombie mm-hmm. mouse gets brought in like right at the beginning so she just leaves school turns out um she was prego and is in labor now this is actually a very realistic follow this is like another instance it's of one of those beats yeah yeah so it's like adults failing it's this part girl of the like bullying and that that sort of thing yeah it's like so in that you know so she yeah. then goes and gives birth in a, a, ba- a public bathroom stall and is prepared to abandon her baby. But then as soon as she leaves the public bathroom stall, realizes that there are zombies fucking everywhere. So she's like, well, shit, I can't abandon this baby now. So she goes back and gets the baby, gets bit, goes into a chicken restaurant. The chicken restaurant, this whole other plot that's really not that important for what we're talking about. And then leaves the baby on one side of the shop and ties herself to the door as she's turning, becoming one of the few responsible adults doing Mm -hmm. right by children in this show. And the other adults that do right by children are these two fucking cops. (laughs) Okay, so this, this detective basically escapes the police precinct after in, like being the person investigating the scientist who invented the zombie virus. Um, and the scientist tells him where to find all of his research notes so that, that are at the school. So he's like, okay, he now has a mission. And then everyone gets turned at the police 
precinct. So he's like, okay, I got to get out of here because I now have a mission to get to like the disaster relief people and tell them how to find this laptop that has all of like the information we need to cure this, like, zo- like to stop this mm-hmm. zombie plague. So then he then meets up with this like rookie cop who is like, I don't know what the he's fuck is going on. Scared of everything. He's- He's he like the most everyman. The most everyman. He's like, well, what? He's like, what? But what happens after that? Or like, what if this happens? And he's like, and he's just, just like, no. We have a goal. We have to go to this place. And so he's dragging this like poor rookie cop with him. They end up at the chicken shop where they find the baby, and this this detective's like, well, I can't like, and the rookie cop's like, okay, it's just a baby. We can just leave the baby. And this detective's like, we can't fucking leave a baby. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, buddy? Like, I get that you're scared, but it's a baby. So he's like zipping the baby into his coat and he's like, okay, we're gonna take this motorcycle, like this delivery motorcycle outside the chicken shop. We're gonna we're gonna bring the baby with us. And then just as they're about to leave, a little kid appears whose mom has just turned. Like we're talking like four years old. And so then they acquire another child. Ike's like, okay, well we can we can't leave now. Like we now have a four-year-old. Meanwhile, previous to this, it's important to note there was someone else who when this had all so this all takes place over like 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very condensed time frame that this show takes place over and right at the beginning where you know these students are using their illicit phones that they have kept to tweet out like what the fuck shit is going down at the high school people are not believing like outside of this small town mm-hmm. are not believing that any of this is happening so this youtuber <laughs> decides to go like live stream this town to see if is this really happening? So this idiot YouTuber is just made the worst possible life decision that he could possibly have made. And it's just so the show will keep intercutting back to his live stream mm-hmm. of him being like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And meanwhile, and it'll have the comments of people being like, this is fucking fake. Like, this is so this fake. Is like, lame. Like, oh, he's going to get eaten by his... Like, you know, as a live stream would very accurately be in this situation so they then meet up with this live streamer and then they become like they're kind of like just in their storyline they are like the buddy cop horror comedy but it's not like it's not it's not like slapstick or over-the-top comedy It's, it's very relatable it's slapstick in that they are just like not the people you want to save no. these people. Like it's in that respect, but it's not. They're not like the people that should be in charge of saving comedy. They're anyone. Just incompetent. But they're the only ones there. The only person who's good is the the main police guy, and he's really not the best. And it se- kind of seems like maybe he's more of like a I question people, and that's it. I'm not yeah, like he's a, like he's like a desk the, dude. Yeah, he's not like, out in the streets, but in in his defense, he he was like, "I'm gonna save yeah. these kids," and he's literally the only well, with the exception of the main girl's father, who is mm-hmm. a, a the fire rescue guy. Yeah, he is the only person invested in actually saving, saving the children. Kids. Yeah, because it. There is another element of this show that we haven't even got into, which is the military. 
And what I actually liked about the military plot, it follows the guy who's put in charge of this sort of um, the military response to what is happening. Because they go in under martial law in this town. So it's whatever they decide they can do. So it's following this like general or whatever, this military guy who's like put in charge of the response team mm-hmm. and come and doing like the quarantine and like, you know, the any military operations that have to go down with this, you know. And so he's the one who has to make all the choices about who to save, how to save people, who lives, who dies. And it actually shows that this is not like he doesn't have an easy time with mm-hmm. it. And what I really liked about it is since it's showing his perspective, you do fully understand why he made all the choices yeah. that he did. Even if you don't agree with them, they make sense logically. But then yeah. it shows the other hand, the poor teenagers who are not infected, stuck in the high school that he actively chooses to mm-hmm. abandon to their own death. So the military actually shows up to rescue them. Well, the I military, thought this was, okay. this was awful. The military comes to the high school to get the, the serums laptop. and laptops and all that yeah. stuff that the uh, science teacher had for mm-hmm. a potential, Try it, to get like, a figure out what's going on and find out the cure and find out, like, how far this could go, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, as long as we do this mission, we'll come back and get you. And so they're like, that's fine. They, like, get their stuff out of the science lab and come back up. They're literally hooking up kids to bring them up to the helicopter. This is when the girl who was assaulted in the very beginning, she attacks the guy at the camp. at the quarantine camp. So that's when they find out that Mm -hmm. you might have dormant or asymptomatic zombies. zombies. And so they can't risk bringing up the kids into the helicopter with the laptop if one of them is to turn. And at that point... They technically do have a zombie in their midst because yes, we there's a lot of stuff we can't talk about because this like show packs in way too much. There's, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on at this point. Just know that at this point, uh, the pre- class president Namra, she had been bit, and she is one of those that asymptomatic zombies. Asymptomatic that can also like prevent herself from fully mm-hmm. going to be a zombie. The guy was like, just shoot them, just kill them because we can't like we're you can't trust that they're not zombies and you could see the like struggle in the crew that was there and then they had to kind of just like leave the kids there and it was just this like this ultimate betrayal of adults yeah. again and to the kids so because before this happened one of the girls who had they make a drone at one point there's a whole they do a whole ton of shit that's just like there's so much stuff that goes on and then she sees that her parents have been both turned into zombies because her parents tried to come to the school to get her when they found out that basically any parent that attempted to come to the school zombies none of these children have parents at the end of this show they find they find a video camera and they they all make like little video messages and hers is basically i want everyone who didn't help us to pay for what mm-hmm. has happened to us. And that's that's basically the entire theme of the show is that even if it's not in a zombie apocalypse, society is failing children in a huge way, but will never pay for it. 
um, even if they should. Like education is failing children, social structures are failing children, capitalism is failing children, and there's literally no recourse for it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, one adult does come. One, one adult. adult. My one favorite adult. adult. Makes, one adult makes the trek. That's right. Our sweet man. Our sweet, delightful ex-military special forces turned emergency response. Yet yeah. his name is Nam Soju, but he's played by Jun Besu, who's who's in like a billion things. Yes. Like if you see, yes. you're like, oh, that guy. Like my husband, who barely watches K dramas, is like, hey, I know that guy. Yes, you do. He literally does the most. He escapes a quarantine camp. He fucking gets shot. He creates like a path for the kids to follow. He he literally does everything to try to save these children and then does. Yeah. And then does. He is he's the reason that those kids live. He really is. He and the, the main kids. the main male lead are the reason yeah. those kids live. So he eventually gets turned into a zombie because he kind of he, he chooses to he lures the zombies onto like a tennis court and then gets the kids to go off to run because he wants them mm -hmm. to run to the nearest town and he locks himself in with them and at this point the only thing that the military thinks that they can do to save the rest of korea is to bomb the school and the to town. get rid of yeah in the town to get rid of all this thing that's what happens they yeah. bomb the school the most obvious like metaphor of the failure of society yeah it's children it, they, they literally blow they up they're the like school. we're just gonna blow it up and try not to talk about it it does have kind of a a sad turn um because uh because you are seeing that this really is like someone who's just trying to figure out the best route and it's a zombie apocalypse and who knows what this is the yeah. best route. Cause it's, it's something that like nobody ever thought would happen, but also like, how are you supposed to like, just try to do the best you can. Mm -hmm. And um, it ends up with him actually committing suicide after that yeah. because which, of all the stuff that happened. Which is what I really liked about this like military arc is that, even though you're like, this is, this is ridiculous, but at the same time, you're like, but I get it. Yeah. I get, I get why that would be the choice that. Yeah. Like I didn't make. feel that like anything that they did was not be some sort of like, as someone who's not in the military, I don't know. They mm -hmm. probably do have actual like protocols and stuff for zombies mm -hmm. or something, but like. Um, in Canada, they do. They had a whole, uh, in I'm Canada, sure, they had a the parlamentary sure debate do, about like, zombies. For anything really was so realistic in that way that like you understood because like what were you going to do it was something that's so infectious mm -hmm. and you needed to get rid of the most and the epicenter was the school and a lot of the zombies were kind of staying around there right mm -hmm. because the town was already small so like once you like turned all the people for the most part the yeah. only like there's stragglers of humans around that the zombies are going to try yeah. to like and basically they to. they discovered that like since the zombies are attracted to sound if they played sound in like very central locations all the zombies mm -hmm. would show up to those central locations and then they could bomb those central locations yeah. and get rid of the most you know and then you know basically send in the military to clean up the stragglers afterwards yeah. 
yeah it's like very realistic and I do like that we got to see the way that they were doing stuff you saw what was happening and you had that like different perspective Mm -hmm. that like you wouldn't have if you were just like focused on the kids too and what in a way it was kind of more of like um another level of like adults betraying them but like Mm -hmm. in that like way that like you think an adult is betraying you when you're that young but really they're just trying to do the best they can like the feelings of like a parent who is just trying to do the best they can in a situation that they don't know that they Mm -hmm. you know what to do and so I like that that we had that kind of thing Mm -hmm. I, I saw some comments by people who liked the webtoon who were like, I don't see why they, you know, had to put all these other plot lines involving, like, you know, the military and stuff. And it's like, no, I actually understand why they did. And I think it added a lot of dimension to the story in the sense that then you you emphasize with both sides, right? So it's mm-hmm. like you, when, when the military literally abandons the kids after giving them just the hope that they're going to be rescued like you're not just like wow that was a dick move like that doesn't even make sense yeah now you're like oh it was a dick move but what I else get yeah it. i think also like i think it needs to be addressed even though the um uh webtoon went on for a while it still started in 2009 and so much has changed in the yeah. world and especially like as a covid place like even though like you know it probably was largely written at the beginning or before mm-hmm. COVID ever happened. I think that like that has a huge effect on it. Like 10, 13 years can really change and what yeah. would happen. And I think that like would have had to have been addressed in this. I just feel like there just has to be like some mm-hmm. emphasis and that sort of thing. And just a little bit of differences because of, you know, just a, a, being a different society than a 2009 society one of the things that kind of honed in on this this whole thing that just kind of made it so sad so they end up getting brought back to the camp the the survivors of the crew and they are being interrogated by some of the people because they're like Mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out about the teacher and they're all just kind of like very apathetic about everything and um the main girl she's she says something I screenshotted it but I don't remember what it exactly it says and then she's like basically after this point I'll never like I've given up hope on any adults so you're not getting anything yeah. from me you're- I think it was Suyuk he said why did you leave us mm-hmm. like they they asked why they leave us because there's kind of this like weight of like realizing that like a couple of the people who died past that Didn't would have to. been there if they had just helped them and it was just a really like sad thing, but I did like the way that it ends because essentially after a while of being in the camp, they, um, Anjo, the main girl decides mm-hmm. that sh- she needs to go back to the s- school because she had gone to go outside of the camp one time to like pay her respects to her father. And she saw a light on top of the school. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I know that this is Namra, like it has mm-hmm. to be her telling us that she's there and so she was gonna go alone and they all get together and they go and they go up to the high school and they meet up with Namra um, who kind of informs the group that there's a group that survived and her also like her who are Mm -hmm. kind of like the half and that's like when she talks about like how you're not an adult but you're not a child when you're in Mm -hmm. high school and that sort of thing and it was this really great moment in kind of like uh, encapsulating their 
journey and their relationship with each other because they all had mm-hmm. been so different and they had gone through so much and they really yeah. started to really respect each other and realize that they needed to be good together because they were the only ones who could help each other. Yeah. And Namra was finally having like, like feeling friendship and love between mm-hmm. the others. And it was just it's a really nice little like it's, moment. I really enjoyed the ending, but I did have one question and it was the other thing. And it was the thing that always comes up where, where we were discussing <laughs> just like somehow like abandoned plot lines. And that yeah. is the cop plot line, very yeah. unresolved. We never find out what happens to okay. the baby or the little kid. So yeah, we, we don't, don't find, find out, out about that. I'm just saying, if we didn't have that politician plot line, we could have we could have had more of the cops. We could have. I would have been so happy about it because they were a delight. And also, it was like I just like I assume that this cop just has a baby now because like the last you see of them, it's just the two cops in like a prison cell because they they put all the quarantine camps in an old prison with the baby, and that's it. And then they have the little girl in a prison cell by herself, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing to this little four year old kid? I think that like the the one failing on this show is that they tried so hard to have so many characters with so many storylines. It just was too Muddled. much. Yeah. I just want to know what happened to the baby. <laughs> but overall, I had fun. I really I had fun great. with it. I, I recommended it to some people. I was like, I think you'll really enjoy this zombie show. Like, I love that it was different. I love the commentary that they had on it. Mm-hmm. It was very fitting. Um, I think like it did some really great things with the effects and with the way that they uh, choreographed the zombie. The um, filming is, and the stunt perform incredible. There is a behind the scenes little feature that they did. It's very short because they did it. They released it before the show came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the director is talking about how like uh, you should watch it multiple times because there's a lot of things you will miss when you're watching it. And they're also mm-hmm. like, uh, I would advise you to like, do things like play with like lowering the dimness on your screen or like mm-hmm. turning up the volume really high because you'll be able to hear the sound sounds that they added and you I yeah. could hear a lot of like the different sounds that they added so I think the sound designer did a really well good job at like adding some like different things to like the whole thing and I thought it on a whole it was a lot of fun besides well, the like well messiness done. of like over characters and maybe over story mm-hmm. like that kind of central Thing was really great and I think they effectively did what they were supposed to do with yeah. the story. And it was really well done and well acted and yeah the kids story. were great. The kids were and so good. They were so good. I gotta give a special shout out to uh the actor Ansung Kyun who played the character of Oh Jun Young, the guy with the glasses. Um I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Gets two thumbs up from all Natalia. Any closing, yeah. any closing statements? Or that was pretty much our closing statement. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this has been this has been the uh, the horror twins. We're back. <laughs> uh, you can't get rid of us. You really We're can't. Here talking about the Netflix show, all of us are dead, which we really enjoyed. Um, you can find us to listen to more episodes of ours uh, on certifiednunas.com. That's our website, which has all the links and time codes, everything that we talk about. But we're on all the places where podcasts generally can be found. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash certified Nunas to become a member of the certified found family. Uh, There are family on the web. 
who keep the lights on at this little old podcast that we get up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put little extra things up there and, you know, have a good time. Movie nights and everything. We have a good time. Uh, anyway, we hope you have a fantastic week. Uh, maybe check out some fun Korean zombie stuff. Uh, hopefully we've inspired you to maybe go check out some more. Anyway, we hope you have a fantastic week and stay safe. And as always, enjoy Asian entertainment. Bye. Bye.